Hello folks, you are listening to Rewriting Our Future, a Mind Control Exodus, with me, Paul Henning. Join us on our journey as we explore and actively work to deprogram ourselves from the forces in the world that socially engineer our lives. Are the politicians, doctors, scientific experts, and news anchors telling us the truth? Is school, pop culture, social media, and television programming supporting the development of our highest consciousness, healthiest bodies, and most sovereign selves? The more we research and listen to our intuition, the more we find that this answer is a loud and resounding no. And so, we are rewriting our future to opt out of the mind control these forces tirelessly aim to manipulate and coerce us with. Welcome to the show, where we are all figuring this out together. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I am excited to bring you all this conversation I had a few months ago with Cal Molinette. I first met Cal at the Anarchon Freedom Gathering that he hosts every year in Virginia. He's also the founder and co-founder of Liberate RVA, an organization out in Virginia that helps people um, stay inspired and motivated in understanding their rights and freedoms that we have as Americans. You know, I was really blessed to have Cal on because Cal's an OG when it comes to speaking truth and freedom. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a pro. And so it was really great to have him on to hear a little bit about how his backstory, about how he got into this kind of work and why he cares so much and to learn about some of his personal interests, like why he's so passionate about guns and the Second Amendment and why he has a vendetta against the way that the state of Virginia has a monopoly on alcohol sales. It was a really fun conversation. Cal reminds us at the end, the community over conspiracy is really, really important. Um, keeping track, you know, being able to have your friends and your community by your side is the most important thing. And he lives that by example, by throwing these gatherings. Thank you so much, Cal. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of Rewriting Our Future. Uh, today, I'm really excited to introduce my guest, Cal Molinette. Cal, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for the invite. Happy to be on the show for Rewriting Our Future. It's uh, You were explaining to me earlier before uh, the show started about how it came to be. And uh, yeah, it's a great conversational, I guess, growing experience you've been going through and that kind of adventuring. I'm adventuring too. And so it's cool to have a uh, cross paths and uh, share some stories. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I really, uh, you know, when I first met, I first met you was through Anarchon, um, which is a festival that you founded and that you host. I'll read a little bit about it here. So this is where I met Cal. So um, Cal founded in 2015 Anarchon on the principles of self-reliance and non-aggression. Anarchon is a celebration of liberty, self-expression, and sharing of knowledge. It's a place to connect with like-minded individuals, share skills, Maybe learn something new and have a lot of fun along the way. Um, Cal also hosts and participates in the annual Gun Walk. It's uh, a day in Virginia annually to remind Virginians and the incoming Californians uh, who we are and to open carry in the streets, it sounds like. So um, thanks for your work, Cal. I know you're doing a lot of inspiring uh, activations for people out there in the community. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've uh, been doing it for uh, since 2012. Uh, went with mm. the local group in Richmond called uh, Liberate RVA. Uh, mm. We start off when, um, uh, in the beginning when uh, Occupy used to be here in Richmond. Mm. And all their answers and solutions to the problems at hand was uh, more government, more government, more government. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, I would consider myself like a free market anarchist. And nothing about that was uh, vibing with me and all the arguments I had with them. So 
uh, left that group and uh, formed uh, Liberate RVA with two friends and started there in 2012. And then uh, it was time to have uh, our own festival. Uh, there are other festivals in the country, Liberty orientated ones, and they're quite a long drive away. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a whole day trip away. So mm -hmm. something local was uh, some, something that I see more agreeable with uh, me and a lot of our friends. So we started uh, Anarchon in 2015 uh, at the only private camp campground that has uh, an outdoor range. Hmm. Uh, and so it's a place to not just uh, camp and uh, enjoy camaraderie with a lot of like-minded Liberty individuals, but to shoot guns <laughs> and lots yeah. of them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. So my wife and I and my boy took my brother attended Anarchon this year and we had a great time. It was um, it was a really fun experience and you had some great speakers. And yeah, we brought our guns. We didn't actually end up going to the range, unfortunately, but we did also bring our dirt bikes and the ho the location where <laughs> you have is they have, a you know, like 40 miles of ATV off road track. And so um, we had a pair of dirt bikes. And so we took turns riding around. And of course, there was the lake there that we went swimming in. Um, it's got uh, it was, everything. Um, it was unbelievable. I, I brought my uh, three-week daughter at the time there, That's too. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, Scarlett, youngest uh, attendant at Anarchon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Three weeks fresh, and yeah, she so had a great time. Uh, yeah. It was great to bring her there and to um, bring my family, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so the people are bringing their families, too. Uh, and this is something I want to have as like a heritage thing a tr a, one that we can kind of keep passing that torch towards uh younger members mm -hmm. uh, the next generation uh it's um it's a good slice of uh you could say in Kapistan, a good slice <laughs> of uh of uh, a place without the state and to kind of experience experiencing that mm -hmm. um and even if it's this uh, annual moment we can get together because our lives can be very busy and hectic and uh there's all kinds of drama going on with the state uh, at least uh, with Anarchon, it could be it's a breath of fresh air to uh, reset, uh, get together, um, remember our the, the values that we're fighting for and sharing them with uh, with our friends as we meet them again year after year and then um, bring little ones now. Yeah. And so uh, Scarlet will be uh, one year, of course, uh, when we bring it back to Anarchon this year. This year, it'll be the 10th year. So it'll be a decade of uh, doing Anarchon. And Anarchon is... Uh, it's really just a, a fun uh, campground festival experience for for my friends, um, yeah. and it's a uh, uh, something I can't do myself. I've got friends who help me with it, but I, it's not like a, like a job to do. It's it's a lot of fun to to host it. It's a lot of fun uh, to run these events, the um, especially like the flamethrower events, the spear throwing contests, mm -hmm. um, the talks, and it's something that. Um, but I love doing and I love sharing that with my friends and but uh you came and had a great enjoyable time yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hosted a workshop on uh it was like a firewood prepping wood yeah. cho wood chopping like uh <laughs> workshop how to turn uh already chopped wood into kindling using like a um a bushcraft knife. And so it was awesome that you allowed me to do that. I had a great time. We had a little crowd there. Um so it was a lot of fun and I really appreciate that you took the responsibility to bring a festival to Virginia because, you know, my wife and I, we've gone to a couple. We went to one, we went to a, like a one in Washington called uh, Squatch Fest a couple of years ago. We went to like a manifest in Oregon. Some of them come and go mm -hmm. and uh, rarely are they around for as long as yours. You know, I guess there's the uh, classic ones um, in Pork Fest 
and there's now like Midfest and the Greater Reset and Bertaria. And there's more and more, of course, popping up all over. But I got a list at some point that was like, you know, Freedom Festivals this year. And living in Roanoke area, we were like, it's always a trip. We got to go everywhere. It takes hours and days. You know, we went to right. a float fest in Austin, Texas. We drove 18 hours straight. And I saw Anarchon and it was like three hours from us in Virginia. And I was like, wow. So um, we really appreciate that. And then the way that you hosted it at a public campground, you know, when I went to your event, I realized that I had been making a lot of excuses for myself and being like, well, maybe I'd like to throw a festival someday, but I don't have the land or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you just took it upon yourself to find land available that um, was a campground and to throw the festival. You didn't you didn't like there was no excuses. You know, you just did it. Right. Yeah, I was on a mission. Um, there was a, I had some friends in Nova who suggested uh, it's called the Cove and Gore. It's the mm -hmm. north or northwest part of Virginia, which kind of borders along uh, West uh, Maryland and uh, yeah, West Virginia, close close to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. as well. It's like right there, tucked in the corner. And uh, so I took the suggestion, and at the same time, I went pretty much to all the campgrounds in the state of Virginia. I traveled to all of them, and and a lot of them had were, were interesting, but like you had like a sign uh, slots though where you had to like park your vehicle or camp in certain section. It wasn't like a free for all, mm. uh, first come first camp sort of situation. Um, not a lot of uh, cool uh, gun uh, amenities where you can fire as well. Um, and then if after looking at dozens and dozens, and uh, yeah, I settled that my friends in Nova, there's another Liberty group up in Nova, uh, their suggestion for uh, the Cove was, was actually a good one. Uh, the campground owners are amazing. Uh, they go to bat for us whenever there's uh, problems with uh, with the county. I think it's oh, Warren wow. County or, or, or Franklin, uh, where it sits in. Sometimes, uh, well, a couple of years ago, for example, there was a... Uh, I guess a fear in the government that uh, we were going to take over the county. Mm. Uh, they thought that maybe, maybe we were Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Mm. Uh, and the campground owners, when they call them with their uh, concerns, like, no, they're, they've been doing this every year. The, they're, they're great people. Uh, you, whatever information you have is, it's wrong. Mm. Uh, but that wasn't enough to deter the, the sheriffs and the county. They actually flew uh, a sheriff's helicopter <laughs> overhead. Oh, wow. Just yeah. to uh, to observe, because of course, uh, it's a range day also. So we have a lot of guns. We go out there and shoot. Mm. You know, it's uh, those pictures are on the website. Uh, so I guess they were just uh, a little weird and concerned. But you, know, you shouldn't be. It's, it's Virginia. Virginia is a gun state. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, military bases in Virginia. It's not a, a a spook thing to alert or startle anyone by. But uh, they came by and they flew their helicopter around. Uh, we thought it was kind of funny. It's always kind of like the the saying that um, people talk about having FBI handlers, uh, so we're kind of joking around who's FBI handlers that kind of flying around. Seriously, or uh, it could be uh, the worst uh, time for FBI handlers because every person who they have uh, a handler is converging together in one spot in one place. Right. Um, but yeah, so we have a, a great relationship with the campground owners. Uh, the campground is amazing. Uh, the people that come there is amazing. Um, the help and the volunteer uh, in terms of doing the um, setting up the fire pit, uh, setting up uh, the burn, setting up uh, the security, uh, setting up the uh, the DJs, the live DJs, the, the music mm -hmm. we do uh, at night. Uh, phenomenal DJs. Uh, the, they come in, they volunteer their time to put up a, a great show for us. Yeah. Um, 
And it's something that they love and believe in as well uh, and invest in. So I look at not just, uh, you were talking about how some of the other festivals sometimes uh, have a good flame and then kind of go away. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe it's, it's the mission, right? My mission mm -hmm. is to, uh, in the mission of my friends, uh, no matter what happens, uh, let's get together at least once a year uh, and hang out right? yeah. and shoot some guns. Uh, and shooting guns is a good way to uh, flex and exercise uh, your firearm rights. Uh, mm -hmm. So if anything, I, I mean, I can't do indoor ranges anymore. I've had, I'm too spoiled with outdoor ranges and the range that they have there is is amazing. You can fire anything you want. And when we do, I had a friend um, who brought out a 50 cal uh, rifle for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big kick in the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, but it was amazing to shoot. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. the round is like this huge. It's enormous. Um <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great place that I've uh, met a lot of new friends too who come and travel like yourself, and a great way to kind of share what we've kind of picked up in the last year. Um, mm -hmm. I've had great uh, speakers come through, including uh, Joel Salatin wow. um, from Polyface Farms. Uh, I've had uh, a, a good number of uh, people to come out to uh, do talks too locally. So like, if if anyone had has an interest to do a workshop like you yourself. Um, or wants to talk on stage, we just uh, prepare that and uh, put that on the schedule. And it's a good way to um, invite the conversation and, and talk about what's uh, important to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, not, not a lot of drama. We hardly have any drama at all. It's, uh, it's not something that's run, um, I would say, uh, with differences of political agendas. Mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes those kinds of, uh, uh, directions can can butt, and you have uh, organizations that kind of fall and have uh, no sense of direction. Um, the directions on the website, uh, the requiring instruments uh, are, are on there as well. Uh, not not aggression principle. We're here to uh, uh, value the individual. We're here to uh, to learn stuff. Uh, so it's uh, and for the most part, uh, I would say. Uh, of the attendings, uh, like I know maybe 75% of them uh, every year, of course, and uh, there's like 25 new ones that come in. But I, mm. I like that slow growth. Yeah, uh, They can learn the culture. They know what we're about. Mm -hmm. They invite their friends and we kind of grow uh, at a good rate, um, Yeah, which, which I appreciate rather than uh, being flooded with, uh, I don't know, uh, hundreds of more people, Yeah, which, which could, uh, I don't know, it could, could ruin the vibe. You could say certainly, yeah, it definitely did feel like a more intimate thing. It felt like being with a gathering of friends rather than just like a festival with strangers um, right right yeah i really I really had a good time. um, I look forward to going again in the future, yeah, how did you what's a little bit about your backstory? You know it's one thing for people to be out there reading or discovering more concepts of liberty and freedom and anarchism, you know, but to be like as forward as like hosting events and throwing consistent festivals and stuff, what's your backstory with uh yeah, with um, my backstory. <laughs> uh, I haven't asked that in a long time. Um, well, I was in the military myself, uh, did security forces. I was in the Air Force, um, but I didn't have any of those moments where I you know I questioned what I was doing or uh, um, I knew what what the military is about, and it wasn't a surprise to me, and it wasn't uh, uh, at all uh, something that I just became aware that you know we're an imperialist force. It's like, yeah, this is America. We're our imperialist forces. I know about uh, Theodore Roosevelt. He went out in his uh, uh, the White Fleet, uh, carrying his big stick and just hit, knocking on, bonking on other uh, countries' doors. 
uh, forcing Japan to open their port. Uh, you know, if you know something about history, America carries a big stick. So it's not a, so I didn't have a coming to moment in the military. Um, I knew what I signed up for. Um, but reading, I think literature kind of uh, brought me into that. Uh, I was into uh, the uh, Anne Rand, uh, for example, uh, The Fountainhead uh, was a very important book. And from there, uh, reading about uh, more free market literature kind of led me towards the the arguments uh, against a uh, government monopolizing services. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a big uh, in Virginia. I have a big deep hatred for the monopolization of uh, liquor stores, for example. Mm, yeah, ABC. There's the only place you can get your booze for anyone listening that's not in Virginia. Right. Right. So it's not so right. Not in Virginia. There are other states that that allow you the freedom to sell liquors, uh, having your own business as a liquor store. So it's not like uh, uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, the government needs to get involved in roads because who else can build the roads, right? So they say the government needs to be involved because who else can provide that? Uh, well, what's the excuse for the government involved in in liquor stores? Because other states clearly have shown that they do not need to get involved. That right. uh, the private citizens, uh, pri- private people, can create their own uh, liquor stores without any problems. Yes. Um, and so if anything, alcohol is like something that is not a health aspect. It's not a nest. It's not like a road or a hospital. You don't need it in society, you know. I think we need it. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. So, like, uh, I imagine like the American Revolutionary War was not a war fought soberly. Hmm. Uh, I believe like uh, like the guy who fired the first shot around the war at the British. That guy yeah. was drinking something, some whiskey, he, some he homemade. Certainly was keeping himself warm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they have to egg each other on. Like we're going against the most professional army in the world hmm. uh wins all the time sun never uh sets on the british empire and they're known for conquering uh i think you need some uh courage uh liquid courage uh, to go up against that hmm. that's a good point um and then you have like uh the um the rich virginia history of uh bootlegging of mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. prohibition of how uh the state clamped down hard on that and uh hmm. Uh, pushed out and arrested a lot of uh, innocent, uh, I guess, distilled liquor makers here, yeah. um, moonshiners, and like in Franklin County. And interestingly, so that's uh, so that's like that's one amendment that was repealed. You know, we can repeal amendments. Uh, the prohibition is one that was repealed, and it reminds me of a story of how uh, people talking about uh, uh, you can nullify laws or, or rules. One was such nullified in a court proceeding where uh, the jurors were instructed that this guy here has a lot of liquor. Uh, he's a criminal. He needs to go to jail. Uh, so the jury was deliberating on that. And they said, can we see the evidence? Like, yeah, they brought the evidence and they left him alone. Right. Um, and then uh, there was a knock again. And it's like, uh, yeah, we can't find the evidence at all. And then the, the bottle is empty. Uh, all the jurors <laughs> drank it. Nice. Uh, so they yeah. found him not guilty. Um, <laughs> so things like that led to uh, the abolition and repeal of uh, the prohibition. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like uh, alcohol. I think uh, I think people who uh, don't use it well, uh, people who uh, I guess like to blame the drink, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's not the drink. There's other deep seated problems. There's other Absolutely. things. Absolutely, it's a, it's an excuse, right? But yeah. it's, it was very easy to blame alcohol mm-hmm. um, as an escape. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I, I guess my my roots. Uh, I have a deep hatred for Virginia ABC. Uh, mm-hmm. I have um, uh, as much as uh, people can say, like, what's uh organization uh, from the government that if you can press a button, 
you can uh, make it disappear or abolish in an instant. Of course, everyone will say the Fed. People right. will say the IRS. People will go say the NSA, CIA, FBI. ATF. I say the Virginia ABC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good place to start for sure. All right, it was locally. Quite, it was quite a shock when I, you know, I, I came from Texas. And uh, yeah, moving to Virginia, that was, it's totally different. Right, right. And it's funny, in, in, in Florida, they have uh, liquor stores and they call them ABC because they know that there's people in Virginia coming down and they're <laughs> looking for ABC stores. Oh, wow. So when they go, they look it up on their phone to find it in the map. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, wow. there we go. They have an ABC. That's that's funny. <laughs> I wouldn't. Wow. Yeah. It's like in the phone book where you want to have uh, triple A's, quadruple right. A's, fifth A's. Uh, yeah. Kind of be found easily that way. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I guess from there, uh, reading um, textbooks. So I guess. Uh, being a, a nerd about economics and reading my way into a mm-hmm. uh, good understanding of this. Um, it wasn't uh, an experience with um, in, in the military at all. Cops, I've always disliked cops, but you know, it's a, that's a norm. That's a natural thing. Nobody uh, who gets pulled over is excited mm-hmm. to uh, hand over their license and registration. Right. Uh, or no, no, or even if they say, yeah, cops are great. But the moment that happens to you, like you're nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, what could happen. Um, so it's, uh, it wasn't so much that. It's just, I guess, arguing to get to a better place. It's mm-hmm. what brought me to uh, anarcho-capitalism, free market anarchism, and uh, finding that that's, uh, that makes sense. Uh, property rights make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. The argument for, uh, for anarcho-capitalism is uh, the justification of who owns what. Uh, and the uh, voluntary transfer of titles, ownership of property makes a lot of sense or, um, or to homestead unclaimed property. Yeah. Uh, any other way involves a form of violence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from there, that's, that's, that's my origin story. I just kind of ran with that and uh, did a lot of street interviews uh, for a good number of years, just asking the question to a lot of people about government and having those kind of conversations for, for years. Mm. Um, and making a lot of friends along the way. And then eventually uh, ran a really fun uh, camping event with my friends out in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Um, it's interesting to know you're in the military as well. Yeah, so was I. And I I never thought anything, man. I got to be honest. I just was like, like many people, I'm like, I, you know, joining the military is a patriotic act, but I wasn't joining because I was patriotic. I was joining because I needed uh somebody to help me in my early 20s i was 20 years old and i was like not going down a very good road and of course the military will sober you up and give you a paycheck and give you a skill if you find the right job um so that's you know the what i found in the military was like it helped me grow up it was like the father figure that i needed that my like that i didn't get in my own life that same role you know um but yeah, and so I never thought about it as much as like the, you know, the imperialist or something like that. But then when I, you know, only in the last few years have I been learning more about the nature of the world and economics and the, and the you know, coercion uh, versus voluntarism. And um, it has changed a bit about the way I, I think about the military service and the military in general and cops, of course. And because you're right, you know, even the media, the media programs us to be afraid of cops. Cops aren't like friendly in the TV either. And the TV and the movies is how we're that's how most of us are programmed, you know? And so they even had that popular show called cops. I know. <laughs> and exactly. And, uh, what a terrible show. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah I agree that the, um, 
join the military. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone joining the military today. It's a vastly uh, different experience. Uh, when I joined, uh, I guess similar to you, uh, I was uh, taking some college classes um, and uh, not, not to uh, the great success that I thought I would be um, making out of it, um, but enough to get some rank when I joined the military. Uh, but joining the military is something I always knew uh, I had to do uh, at some point in my life, and it's better to do it early uh, than later. Um, but it's not something, but back then it was, uh, people actually yelled at you, uh, people in boot camp, people, you had a, a, a lot of uh, forced discipline upon you as well. I think for a lot of young people who come out of uh, government schools and a lot of uh, uh, misdirection because they don't prepare you, uh, I would say that that was a, a good starter point for a lot of young men. Mm -hmm. uh, you quickly get some credit. You quickly have a, um, a, a paycheck, discipline. Uh, you have camaraderie. You have friends. Uh, they, they give you everything but uh, a government-issued wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's true. Um, but today, if you were to join, or even a couple of years ago, to, even to join, uh, you're contending now with uh, DEI kinds of... Uh, um, and like a sinking its way into the military experience. Yeah. Uh, now that it, it like a military is supposed to be a very frightening and violent force to destroy the enemy. Mm -hmm. Right. And now the military today is all about, uh, you know, uh, making sure you're using the correct pronouns, making sure you're not uh, vibing someone's horse. Uh, you're not uh, ruining someone's vibe. Yeah. Uh, you're not yelling in their faces. It's a very, with everything that's going on now, it's an entirely different experience than what you and I went into. Uh, and it's not preparing or creating uh, men capable of great violence to, and um, would-be attackers or nations that would, would be attackers, right? In theory, that's what it's for, right? To defend us. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to lose the next war. There's, it's not... Uh, um, it's not prepared. Uh, I mean, all the countries are laughing at the way of the uh, types of commercials that they have out there for the military recruitment mm -hmm. center. And, um, and it's not uh, something that strikes fear. Right. And so I think yeah. that could also, also be why a lot of uh, uh, military engagements are happening now across the world. Nobody is afraid of uh, America. Nobody's afraid of, uh, yeah. of uh, Biden, uh, at least with Trump carrying that big stick, uh, North Korea. And people believe that he would reign. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, a storm of fire and fury uh, mm -hmm. to their country. Uh, yeah. like, and, they, and they believed him. And he, he was the first president that crossed the DMZ zone. Uh, people believe he could wield that, that big stick like Theodore Roosevelt did. Mm -hmm. um, so as a deterrent, um, doesn't even exist right now. Everyone's itching now to get out. All this conflict in the Middle East, uh, Ukraine with Russia. Um, who knows? Maybe Taiwan is next. Um, you have now uh, Venezuela and South America uh, flexing on his neighbor and preparing uh, to take them over. Hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff happening now. And yeah. Uh, yeah, not a different. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone to join in. You're, it's, you're not fighting for a country that uh, values you. You're, you're, you're fighting mm -hmm. for a country that hates you, especially if you're a particular uh, a demographic. No. Um, yeah, I I agree. It's it's a shame to see to see what it's become. You know, and it's like so. I would say the same thing. I. I wouldn't encourage people to join the military because you're not going to be defending a constitution whose whose intent is to defend people's rights when they cannot defend them themselves, you know? And that's that's not where we are anymore. People don't know what rights are. People don't know what the government's for. They think the government is for 
providing them liquor stores and for the stimulus, you know, it's, it's a completely different world. Um, uh, what this is kind of, I don't know if this is too out there, but why do you think with your lens, with your, you know, the anarcho-capitalist lens, why is our government turning, why is it prioritizing DEI and being soft over defending, well, over anything? That's it. Well, I guess uh, DI really is about uh, removing uh, white males from the workforce. Uh, so it's about uh, eliminating those positions and bringing in more uh, foreign uh, positions uh, to take their spot. Um, if you put it into uh, a, like a voting demographic perspective, for example, uh, white males will overwhelmingly vote uh, right. Um, if it was just white males that voted. Uh, so if you put in uh, other demographics of other immigrants in there, uh, they all vote. Uh, majority, it would always turn blue, left. Mm -hmm. So for the Democrats, it's a, it's a different game. That's why they're allowing uh, flooding across the, the borders right now of all these uh, foreign invaders just coming in. They look at them as future voters, they look at them mm -hmm. as future people to, to, to replace uh, white male voters uh, in the employment um, and, and everywhere. Uh, so it's not a, it's an inclusion that uh, excludes uh, white people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think uh, the end game is, um, well, obviously to not just to, I want to say like they don't want to eliminate it, but it's to to push them out. You have, mm -hmm. you want to have a better voting block that votes to the left. So it's like that's that's where their power demographic comes from. Yeah. Uh, that's the, most of the people who are pushing for DEI come from the left. Um, so it's not a, I don't know, something that um, takes, I would say, much of um look into um by trying to understand where it comes from just look at the the effect of it right um, it's it's involved in uh in movies now uh mm -hmm. everything is woke uh everything has to have um uh a different character playing what used to be historically white people uh it, it's it's an interesting i guess it's it's a manufactured race war in a bureaucratic level um maybe evolved further since uh the Floyd riots. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh uh there's some pushback, you know, there's been some uh legal cases the Supreme Court uh knocking down affirmative action which uh which was probably one of the biggest uh mm -hmm. you could say racist um programs against white people. Mm -hmm. Uh cuz if you were not white, uh you're in any other race, you get points. Uh you get yeah. uh, deferment, you get um, a more interest and looked at uh, over uh, your your white uh, counter partner who uh, or who's applying for the same position or for the same um, job or enrollment at the college or university level. And but sorry, because you're white, yeah, uh, that's not enough. You may yeah. have uh, the best SAT scores. You may have uh, highest GPAs, and and a lot of the times those that's that, that's the case. Um, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. um and it's actually interestingly it's something that uh uh also was being used against asians uh so these universities didn't want to hire asians as well they wanted to hire everyone else but but mostly asians and uh and whites hmm. um yeah so it's their the long term game is uh well obviously white males predominantly don't vote left so we got to move them out we got to replace them with more of a population that does yeah um that's that's totally fair um that's what it looks like. You know, I, I have this thing in front of me that I read recently. It says here that, so the Netflix co-founder, his name is Mark Randolph, apparently. 
And his paternal great uncle was Edward Bernays, the father of propaganda. Hmm. And his, uh, I guess his paternal great grand uncle was Sigmund Freud. I'm, I didn't fact check this, right? This I got from a woman that's called the deprogrammer. She's a, uh, she's like a, a trans, she's exposing the trans agenda. Um, her name's Kay Yang, but she has a lot of these interesting things, but that's what she's, that's what she put on her site. So, you know, along the lines of what you're saying with the DEI taking over the media, the Netflix co-founder is related to Edward Bernays, the author of the famous propaganda, you know, like, I mean, that's just unbelievable to me, but I guess it shouldn't be surprising that these people, like you're saying, are influencing the media, the media and everything all the jobs like it's really right it's it's a concentrated effort and attack there's a lot of uh game of thrones style of political interests and Mm -hmm. they are uh they conspire it's a group of people who are uh meeting together for an agenda forming a conspiracy Mm -hmm. and uh what i've learned so far is so far every conspiracy is coming to be true yeah um now you have uh an interesting uh, fight against that, which I kind of like a lot, uh, which I never thought I'd be a, a great fan of, is uh, Elon Musk uh, fighting mm-hmm. back against that uh, and taking over Twitter, now called X, and bringing back Alex Jones, uh, yeah, it's the all greatest that. Uh, conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, as much as they're controlling the media, they're also seeing that maybe that uh, the death throes of mainstream media, because now anyone can produce media. Mm-hmm. Now you have... Exactly. Uh, podcasts like these now you have uh tucker carlson uh mm-hmm. creating uh, media pro- having the most watched uh shows on the planet mm-hmm. um and alex jones is back it's it's uh it, it's great to see i guess uh the the light uh hitting back and mm-hmm. starting to rise slowly against all this uh darkness and all this yeah. light that we've been experiencing from the media uh, there's a lot of pushback which um mm-hmm. doesn't push me into this uh, uh doom lens uh, a lot of people are just uh doomers uh yeah uh, they, they beckon it they uh they call it and they it's kind of like a self-fulfilling uh doom fantasy mm-hmm. um i'm more of a uh there's challenges and and there's there should be ways to combat that um and the the tw- twitter x it's it's a great way to combat that and it's, it's, they have revealed that your taxpayers money was being used to silence you Mm-hmm. Uh, through the government, your, your taxpayer money was being used to uh, uh, squash your your freedom of uh, speech mm-hmm. um, and to relegate, uh, I guess, your 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 digital assembly online. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think as much as that, there's horrible things going on in the world. There's also good things. Uh, it's it's a weird classic uh, Tolkien tale, I guess you can say. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you know you. It's funny because a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will read a little bit and they know and they'll talk about it, you know, uh, with their buddies or something. But not that many people are action oriented. I think we're seeing now more and more, you know, like even myself starting this podcast just to talk more to, to you know, practice stepping in the arena of the rebellion, of the liberation of humanity, right? Like that's really what's at stake, I guess. Um, but like you've been doing this for years, like you said, you would do interviews on the street and throwing festivals and organizing events and walks and, and like doing the open carry thing. What, what was it about you or your journey that separated you into from action for the people that are like the doomers or maybe not even the doomers. Maybe those are just too afraid or too apathetic to act. Cause I'm sure you have people that believe what you believe in theory, but they don't, they don't go out and create change or activate people in their community or unite people. So hmm. what what's different um 
about you? Why do you have that quality? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, maybe it's uh, no one else is doing it, right? Uh, if I have the uh, capacity uh, and the uh, the heart to do it, then it's my obligation to do it. Hmm. Uh, it's my obligation to go out into the street, to talk to those people, to do these those uh, street interviews, to uh, engage those people, to uh, show people uh, uh, things that they're misled or like to. I'd say mostly misled. A lot of these things that uh, we thought we knew about government were kind of misled into believing them. Mm -hmm. uh, 12 years of government indoctrination will do that to you. Uh, and then you have like government propaganda machines in bed with the, uh, with uh, at the time Twitter, right? With the media, mm -hmm. we have pretty much, especially during the whole COVID thing, you had the entire world fighting against you uh, and hitting you hard against that. Uh, like take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, I think the ones that uh, saw through it, I, I don't blame people who had to take it. Uh, there's a lot of pressure, especially in the workforce, and you know, it's uh, do I um, take it, uh, be unemployed, or uh, take it? at least the first one and still provide for my family. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't uh, uh, look down on anyone who had to, sure. um, but uh, you have to acknowledge though, that those who refused uh, like myself um, and other people that there's a stronger heart against uh, that kind of propaganda to kind of see through that. Mm -hmm. um, and that thing that was probably one of the, the biggest tests that uh, people had to face uh, and had to encounter. Mm -hmm. Um and every once in a while, they're still kind of bringing that back. Oh, and, you know, the CDC is trying to sell you still got to mask up. Uh, it's like, but a lot of people are ignoring it now. I think that's great. I think it's great mm -hmm. to be uh, back out there. It's great to have uh, people walking around and uh, having conversations. And uh, probably when I'm uh, a little more settled in, uh, probably just start doing more street interviews. But mm -hmm. uh, my heart's in it. I'm, I'm here for the end game, freedom. Yeah. Um, I have now a daughter. Uh, so it's a world that I want to build for her sure. uh, and i uh, plan to have many many more children so it's a uh, it's a long-term uh, game goal uh and what helps me out is having uh, great friends who share that vision and uh help put their flame to that torch and uh carrying that forward together yeah uh, next month we're going to be doing our gun day in richmond uh january 15th and we do it every year it's uh, great to uh flex our gun rights in front of uh Californians visiting and reminding them to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reminding them that this is the gun state, reminding uh, the government that it was uh, guns that won our liberty here in Virginia and that uh, it may have to come down, down to that again. It may mm -hmm. come down to uh, our rallying cry of their state motto, Six Semper Tyrannus. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's good to do that. Uh, it's good to show uh, a, a force. Yeah, in front of the government, and so that's. I invite anyone who's listening who wants to join me for that. Uh, reach out to me, and that's uh, something that we did a couple of years ago, and where thousands of people came out to it. Oh wow! Uh, there was so it coincides with other events as well, other pro gun movement events. Um, uh, even Alex Jones came out. Yeah. Uh, I got a photo with him. His he was driving his giant truck tank. Well, I don't know what he call it. He's yelling in a megaphone. And then uh, he happens to pull up uh, right next to us. And we got a great photo op with him. Whoa. Um, so it's a great, great experience and something that uh, people should be doing everywhere uh, in their own cities. Uh, at least once a yeah. year, go for a gun walk, go for a gun march. Uh, I think 
it's easy for people to want to remove your guns if they're not seeing them, right? It's it's all mm-hmm. culture, you know. It's a mm-hmm. like a, we talk about how Europeans need to get guns, but it's not in their culture. And it's not a, they're not a, a gun centric culture, so it's not it's not easy for them to adopt that. Um, but here we are, but that can change. If you invite other foreign people who who don't have a gun culture, they're going to think, yeah, uh, I'll gladly vote against guns. That's horrible. We don't have guns back at home. We sh- you shouldn't have guns here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good way to, to flex that and to remind people uh, that freedom came from at the end of a gun and we'll probably have to do that again. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good reminder because it's true. There's a lot of talk about, you know, like the doomers and stuff, but it's not easy to get the doomers out there in the streets with their guns, even though they have them because they keep them discreet, you know, and, and it really is a an act of freedom to march with your firearm. You know, this is something that I've been learning recently is like freedom is not a circumstance under which you live, like a blanket or like a, you know, a season. Like freedom is like an act and it's an action. Like freedom is something that I do. And the more of us that perform acts of freedom with you know, according with our natural rights, uh, that is how you create a free culture, you know? So the march that y'all do is freedom in action. Um, it's not like we wait for the government. What? Yeah. I have a question for you. So like, you know, you, you have a long-term vision, not only for your, your daughter and your future children and for the world, but you, there's also people would say like a risk, you know, like you said, like the helicopters are flying around the event you're hosting at the gun range, keep their eye on you, you know? And so there's this thing where I think that a lot of people have in our day and age where we're not ready to literally fight or even lose our jobs for the sake of freedom. And it's like, people want to be safe, but they also want to be free, right? Because you don't want to get yourself hurt or imprisoned trying to create a better life for your daughter. But if you don't do something that puts you at risk to do those things, you're not going to create a better life for your daughter. Does does that make sense? Yeah. And so how does one cross that line to be like, no, I I have to put myself in a position of risk against the authorities to say, you know, there's a sacrifice there because you could get, you know, arrested. We know all the people, Julian Sange and everyone else, all the the guys, the January 6th people or whatever. Um, Yeah. How do you... You I don't think it's worth uh, getting arrested for for any of that. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's not worth uh, being locked up. Sometimes they'll hold you for over a year, just like the January 6th uh, defendants, for example, uh, freedom fighters. Uh, and so I think that you know you're you're away from your your parents, you're away from your your family, your your mm-hmm. kids, your friends. Um, just you can. I'm sure you can, you know where the line is when you have these kinds of engagements. Don't go any further than that. Yeah, uh, you can test those boundaries. Well, that's a, that's pretty, that's a, as far as I'll go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interested in getting arrested. I'm not, uh, I don't, uh, go out there and, uh, say, uh, violent, uh, things, uh, about, uh, people about overthrow, violent overthrows. I don't talk about any of that stuff. Um, right. Uh, you know, there's a interesting political system involved, uh, with, uh, democracy and, you know, powers exchange and, uh, and, and transfer, but, those kind of systems don't last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I have a uh, interest then in instead is to uh, outlive those systems and to uh, prepare for the day when uh, inevitably uh, the dollar and the fiat will collapse. Who knows yeah. when? It will be next week, next month. Nobody knows, but you know, they're mm-hmm. not having, it's not having a good time right now, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the past few years. Um, That's for sure. 
So it's mostly to prepare for that, is to mm -hmm. get ready for the next thing that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing that happens could be the dissolution of the federal government. Mm -hmm. uh, it could go back to states. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it goes back to states, we have a much greater chance for freedom then. Uh, now you could have um, influence of states to uh, provide, you could say, the best uh, experience for, for his own citizens. Uh, it's kind of like what you do now. Have uh, in Texas, uh, uh, no property taxes. Florida, uh, no uh, what? No income tax. Uh, and just kind of trying to leverage like the the best environment for people to kind of go. Mm -hmm. um, but with that kind of freedom, you no longer have the overarching uh, federal government controlling all the states and preventing them from uh, from expressing themselves the, the best way that they want to. Um, yeah. And then from the states, it could even go even smaller. Uh, it mm -hmm. could break down uh, certain states to the size of Liechtenstein, for example. And Liechtenstein mm -hmm. is a government and uh, it's a monarchy in Europe, one of the smallest governments, uh, country, but highest uh, income earning for people that live there. Uh, it's Catholic uh, and they're great friends with the Mises Institute, mm -hmm. uh, great followers of Austrian economics. And every single village inside there that creates this country uh, can vote to leave if they wanted to. But none of them do. They all mm -hmm. want to be part of this shared history that they share together, this uh, solidarity that goes back uh, hundreds of years, uh, that culture. Uh, so they voluntarily uh, unite and still come together as the, that kingdom in Lynchester. Wow. That's beautiful. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard about like this time, but, you know, my cousin did a study abroad there randomly, but I never knew that they were uh, so... I don't know, liberty-minded or, or sovereign or... or yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. How do you think they maintain it? Is it because they're so small they can keep it organized or something? Small is good. Uh, yeah, small is great. Uh, they also have a monarch, and a monarch, uh, mm -hmm. in that sense, has a, more of an interest for the longevity of uh, the country. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas uh, a politician, he's only interested in uh, the next four years until he gets kicked out. Yeah, how much can uh, I gain? How much can I get from everything? Until right, I, right. I leave, Four years, right. how much can I, you know, like uh, AOC, quickly become a millionaire mm -hmm. in my uh, 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 Congress, uh, congressional salary, right? Right. Um, get those book deals. You're set for life with health care. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a great life-changing event for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh so they do it great over there. Uh so the situation here so yeah for in terms of um people getting arrested I don't advocate for anything that goes towards uh breaking those kinds of laws those yeah. kinds of confrontations but walking around with your firearm you can do that. That's 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 uh, a freedom you have mm -hmm. and you should exercise that uh, whether there was a state or not. Yeah, that's such a good reminder because a lot of us have been like bullied or been made afraid to do things that are our rights. Like if, you know, I think you ask a lot of people, hey, we can walk the streets with our guns to remind everyone who works for who at the end of the day. And right. people are afraid to do things that is their right. And that is, and that's scary, you know? And, and so it makes it such important work that you're doing because it reminds all of us where the power lies. And like you're saying, legally, and even where the constitutional, legal and lawful, where they overlap together. Um, and we don't have to necessarily do the things like you don't have to advocate for crazy rebellions because just acting in accordance with the law of the to the edges of our rights is enough to make a change if only more people would do it right um, right you also have um you know interesting situations like in argentina going on uh with an anarcho-capitalist yeah. 
uh, who uh, just won the presidency there. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, things have to go really bad in the country, which is inevitable, right? He's, he's uh, in there because of what it's like, I don't know, hundreds of percentages of inflation, uh, people's life savings just gone, uh, destroyed. Everything is just so bad that uh, people are clamoring for a solution. I think and all the solutions that people have offered in the past, this doesn't work, doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's more socialism, more socialism, more socialism. And this guy uh, is a big fan of anarcho-capitalism. Uh, and he came out there with with all the knowledge that he's uh, read and learned, and um, and, he, and he won. Um, yeah. And, and whether he enacts at least twenty percent of all the stuff he's trying to do, I'll take it. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it's uh, he did it legally. He did it uh, uh, without uh, violence. He's got that cool chainsaw, which I think is uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. That's a, that's a shocker, but it's cool. It, it gets yeah. the it, it, it gets the job done. It's a good right. tool to use. So at, at this point, uh, I'll take uh, anything that uh, swings hard against uh, the left, mm -hmm. uh, against uh, that kind of hardcore socialism. Um, yeah. I'll take anything uh, that uh, knocks them back um, and doesn't give them an, an inch to come back. Um, mm -hmm. I'll take an interest myself uh, in politics only just to abolish Virginia ABC myself. You know, <laughs> one ticket issue. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a grudge against ABC now even more, just so I can be on your side. I'll be able to be like, yeah, you got me. You want you want? I'm on your side, man. You got my vote for sure. Um, hey, so a little while ago you mentioned you know that there there's always the potential for systems to collapse, and even now more than ever, you know, like you're talking about the Fed collapsing or the, you know, we're seeing like whatever could happen with inflation and all this. Um, what kind of things do you recommend people do as a as a baseline for being prepared for the government to be no longer and the the economy and the government to no longer serve the way that we're used to well i guess these are things this is like a prep talk but uh if um the floyd riots haven't um alerted you that uh uh, police are not going to come there on time. Uh, they're not, right. they wouldn't even come at all. Mm -hmm. That your uh, defense is going to be in your hands. The, the first thing you have to get is a gun. If you don't have a gun right now, you're doing it wrong. You need to get a gun. <laughs> uh, gun, yeah. gun, gun. Get one for your family. Get one for your wife. Uh, it's important to have a gun uh, and train on it. And that's that's why we shoot at Anarchon as well. It's a good annual refresher training uh, for that, for marksmanship, um, have a gun. It's uh, you cannot rely on the state to protect you. It's uh, they, not just because there's uh, court rulings that say they have no legal obligation to protect you, but uh, it's already evident. Uh, we've seen it. If, if you ever paid attention to watching the riots, if it came to your city, they have they're not going to show up. Uh, so the protection uh, for your family, for your home, is in your hands. Get a gun um, and train. Uh, the other thing would be. Um, I mean, people say get uh, um, skill sets that you can kind of learn and, 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 uh, and trade. I guess you can kind of, if you have a job with the government, it's a job that will still exist without a government. You know, that, that job probably will still be around in the, mm -hmm. without, without the, uh, I guess, in a free market. Um, but if you work at ABC uh, and there's no government, uh, you know, you're going to be out of a job. And there's, there's, I don't know how that translates, right? <laughs> yeah, ABC, um, yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, doing that, uh, working out, I think fitness is a great thing. I think fitness mm -hmm. is a great way to uh, calm your nerves, to uh, have a good control of your environment. 
uh, and your approach to people uh, and things that do occur unexpectedly. Um, I think uh, a lot of the times the left kind of, uh, I guess, splurges out uh, and you'll find it's like they're very frail, uh, very thin people uh, who don't who don't experience power. Uh, mm. So their their way of, 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 of spazzing out of people is just like their own control uh, expression of projection of, of, of the lack of power or the mm. way that they uh, respond to people. Um, yeah. Going to the gym, lift weights, uh, you'll find a good amount of strength. You'll find a lot of power. You'll find that will translate. I mean, you've, I, I, when people ask about um, having uh, back problems or any kind of ailments, uh, the best cure, I think, for like 99% of that stuff, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll straighten out your back. you get all kinds of things that kind of uh, uh, worked out. Uh, great for longevity. Great for picking up uh, your rifle and fire and fireman carrying your friend as uh, you're, yeah. you're, you're having to, uh, to escape mm -hmm. uh, or carry all seven of your children. Um, exactly <laughs> and self-esteem god working out is just so good for self-esteem yeah right right a lot of confidence a lot of great way to control your environment mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people go into uh well you got to have uh water filters you got to have cans sure you can have all that stuff but i think the best thing you can do is working out um and at least uh, uh be able to put out together a home gym if you needed to if that wasn't that's not accessible i had to do that during uh, the COVID times because the Ghost gym wasn't available, so mm. um, my stepdad and I we made a concrete um, uh, uh, bells, I guess, uh, I guess weights that we could attach into a rod, so we could do bench presses. And wow, great! Yeah, I love that answer because there's so much like personal responsibility there. Because you, you ask a lot of people that are like, you know, what what are you going to do if things like go to shit? And uh, you know, some people want you to go get like. They prioritize the crypto or they prioritize the silver or the ammo or like you said, the water filters. But I think your answer of like, uh, get a firearm, know how to use it and make sure your body is in the best shape that you can. Right. Uh, that will translate it to everything else. It's true. It's so true. And, and it's accessible to everyone. You don't, there's no excuses. You know, everybody can start working out today. You don't need any money to work out. Uh, you can just do it right there. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's wait, get a gun. <laughs> that'd be a great uh campaign model when you go to campaign against abc that could be your your slogan yeah yeah uh, set yourself straight with god uh have a good yeah. uh uh i guess talk about your eternal salvation uh and you're good to go so it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what ends up happening uh in the end um uh full of those graces from god uh and for your family uh you'll still reap the, the greatest reward and that'll be heaven Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm in it with uh, a good knowledge in my head. It doesn't matter uh, what happens. I still will come out on top. Yeah, that's a good perspective. You know, that's another thing I think that people lose, you know, whether it's specifically the Christian perspective or not, the spiritual lens has been lost, I think. And so people get consumed with the just themselves and their body and the immediate surroundings. And then it becomes hard to take a long term perspective to take an intergenerational view on how your actions should be because people are afraid of just losing their comfort, you know, but with that lens, like you're saying, like thinking, you know, towards the afterlife or to your daughter and then your, you know, your grandchildren, that lens allows us to be more courageous because right. we, can, we have a, there's more at stake. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, those are three things that uh, will help any mm -hmm. individual. Uh, yeah. something so straight and it's good to start now I and mean, that's what uh prep is so uh, absolutely the, the better and uh 
if it ever happens like next week and you're not prepared, it's you know mm-hmm. it's not too late, but you're gonna have a much harder time. Yeah, absolutely. And think about uh, all the groceries that you can help your mother uh, carry into the house with uh, <laughs> working out. Absolutely, just carry all the bags at once. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you uh you know you ha- you throw your own festival, but do you, do you attend any of the other freedom festivals across the country or Mexico or anything like that? Um, I'd like to attend more. Um, I think uh, in the past I've gone to uh, I've, I've gone to Pork Fest in 2012 and 13, cool. and I've been to uh, the Midwest Peace in Michigan uh, Freedom mm. Festival out there. Uh, it's closer towards uh, Detroit. A great group of people uh, for anyone who's out there in the Midwest. And in terms of festivals, that's, that's about it. I mean, I've been to conferences, all kinds of conferences, hmm. Con- conferences everywhere. Um, yeah. But not like uh, an outdoor festival. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those two I've been to. Uh, I've heard good things about other ones uh, down south. I think I think one's called um, the Jackalope. Oh, right, uh, in Arizona. Yeah, I've heard about good things mm-hmm. about that as well. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's uh, now that I have a kid, um, I'll have to maybe wait till she can walk around more and uh, make it an easier experience to kind of start taking the family and check out these other festivals. For sure, yeah, it's fair. It's, uh, it's tough to travel with a little one. You said one. you have uh, one coming up soon, right? Or a couple yep. months? Yeah, we're uh, we're only a couple months in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe for, maybe for the summer. Um, we'll have a little baby in the summer. So ah, yeah, great. yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, so before I let you go, just one more question. So you know, you mentioned some of your influences, uh, like Ayn Rand, which is a great one. Um, what if people wanted to learn more about uh, liberty or, or rights or anarcho-capitalism? Um, what kind of resources or what kind of thinkers would you direct people to to, to oh, start man. learning more? Um, Mel Gibson, uh, like Uncle Mel. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Mel. Yeah, oh, he's, right. uh, he's got a good head. He's probably the only Hollywood person I trust. He's got a devotion to God and a great distrust of other Hollywood types and yeah. uh, government uh, and COVID and, and all that yeah. stuff. How do you uh, listen to Mel Gibson? Does he have a podcast or a YouTube channel? Or how, I didn't... Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just hear his outbursts sometimes yeah, okay. uh, from the media. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, people who uh, listen to recently, um, my friends, I guess, really, I just, I, mm. I have a lot of uh, conversations. Just that's that's what I listen to. Yeah, uh, you're in a real community. You're not just there on your phone. You actually are around people that can talk about it, which is which is really valuable. Yeah, I, I don't really listen much to. I don't. I don't have like a podcast list. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. really. Uh, sit down uh joe rogan or anything like that mm-hmm. um when we want to talk about like learning and picking up something new i hang out with uh my bros uh <laughs> and uh, yeah. they're all in the in the same uh lens uh great understanding so, um, yeah. and so That's we a- just yeah we just learn and talk <laughs> and uh laugh uh and goof off yeah that's awesome. That's a great reminder as well to build community. Like you could build community and that's the foundation for building these greater events and these walks and things that you, uh, you can put on, you know, it's, it's easier to step forward into the change we want to see when you have a, a community of bros there also strapped up, ready to go. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think that's a, uh, it's a good thing that people should, should, uh, put together, start forming up. I think communities are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, tribal tribes are important. I'm a very tribal guy. Uh, the, your enemy, are tribing up mm-hmm. uh and a tribe is a lot stronger than an individual mm-hmm. uh you have a lot more backup you have a lot more resources you can share uh calm uh 
a great many things, a shared love for, for history and where we want to go. Yeah. It's um, something that uh, maybe some people will go into anarcho-capitalism, just go into hyper-individualism and then uh, forget about the, the community tribal aspect. Hmm. Uh, your enemy is tribing up. It's important that you do too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah, a lot of people get bogged down with the wisdom and the no- or the knowledge. They think they just have to like read, 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 and prep, prep, prep. But you're right. The uh, the tribe is ultimately the end because that's your family and your friends and your community, uh, which is the reason that you would want to protect yourself and your people from anyway. It's the reason to go to to stand up for your rights is to protect your tribe. You know, so you right. gotta have yeah. So you'd be more inclined to be brave when you have more people that you love to protect, and then you work together. Uh, Right, I'm not building yeah. a future for uh, books uh, or videos or <laughs> exactly yeah, for for my friends, for my family. Yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Cal. I appreciate you uh, coming on today to talk to me. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you since we were at your festival a few months ago. So, uh, so thanks for hitting me up. Yeah, yeah, I really um, appreciate it. Thanks for bringing me on your show. It's uh, great to have a conversation like this. It's been a uh, a minute since I had these kinds of conversations so it's uh gonna mm. come back out again uh yeah good opportunity to come back through yeah. this for sure yeah thanks and i'll put your um your NRCon in the show notes so anybody who wants to reach out to you or to go to the festival they can find you there awesome i'm going to be uh, updating the uh information and in the beginning of the next year so january cool. in a few weeks sweet yeah it's already going to be the new year already but past. it's always the first weekend of august so that's uh, august, august 2 to the 4th uh 2024 cool um well great well thanks a lot man I appreciate your time and i'll uh be seeing you in the next few months i'm sure yeah we'll see you soon thank you so all much right. for those uh listening uh stay liberated stay liberated all right well that's it for today folks thank you so much for listening and if you would like to support the show you can make a donation on paypal you can find me at mr paul bry at m-r-p-a-u-l-b-r-i or feel free to pick up a copy of my book Uh, recently on Amazon called International Backpacking and Domestic Travel, What I Learned While Traveling the World, a Comprehensive How-To Guidebook. You'll find that link below in the show notes. Take care, thanks again, and grow food, not fear.